Hey everybody, Saul Marquez with the Outcomes Rocket. So glad you tuned in today again because I have an amazing treat for you. His name is Jordan Harmon. He's the Chief Innovation and Commercialization Officer, VP of Innovation, and just an incredible individual at HSS. He leads areas of life science, medical device, and care delivery innovation across the HSS enterprise, working closely with HSS surgeons, researchers, and clinical teams. If you, like everyone else in healthcare, are thinking about cost of care and innovation, this episode is for you. You are not going to want to miss this. So, Jordan, I'm so just privileged that you're here with me today. So excited for our conversation. Yeah, thanks, uh, Saul. It's great to be here. And that's a lot to live up to in, in the introduction. <laughs> well, listen, man, like you've done so many cool things and you're making such an impact. So before we dive into the really, really fascinating work, some of the papers you guys have done on cost of care and innovation, talk to us about what makes you tick. Like what, what is it that that inspires your work in healthcare? Yeah, great question. I, so for me, a lot of what happens in healthcare, you know, is the innovation part of healthcare is really, really what makes me tick. So um, pushing the boundaries of on things that are going to be the next wave of, of care delivery, new drug discovery, and new devices that, that we're all working through to improve patient outcomes and care is really, really interesting to me. So it's not just about the, the general day-to-day improvements, although those, are, although those are, are great. It's about looking at what's next and really pushing the boundaries on what's possible there. Yeah, man. Well, well, your focus is is crystal clear, and 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 you know it's super important if you're going to move the needle. So, talk to us about your work and what HSS is doing to add value to the healthcare ecosystem. Yeah, for those who don't know, HSS is entirely focused on musculoskeletal care and movement, based in New York City, the Upper East Side. You know, we see really thirty five thousand surgeries a year in the space, and and nearly half a million patients. And um, what that does is really allow us to get really, really good at one thing, and that's treatment of of movement and and orthopedic conditions and rheumatology conditions. You know, so for for innovation, you know, we work very closely with people who focus on those things entirely in, you know, the areas of life science device and care delivery. And what that means is spending a lot of time with researchers, clinicians who have ideas and they want to take them to the next level. So, you know, a new, a scientist who may be in the lab, who's working on a new drug focused on autoimmune diseases like rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, so on and so forth, and kind of moving the needle on getting that to market so that patients can, uh, can see the benefit from that. Another area is, is really working with, with our biomechanics team and really developing new implants or, or upgrades on the, on implants and partnering with industry on that. And then, you know, care delivery, there's a ton of work that's been done focused on, you know, new movement capabilities and and wearable solutions. So we've been seeing a lot of focus in that with our our rehab team, you know, figuring out best how to care for patients at home. You know, the world changed a number of months ago and and being able to to care for patients away from the hospital and the four walls is really, really critical. And so we've been working very closely with a lot of those companies focused in that area. So it's really cool, interesting work. And, um, you know, we see a path to really helping patients and improving outcomes long-term. Yeah. You know, Jordan, it's, it's such interesting work that you guys are up to. And being that you're so focused on musculoskeletal care, 
you are making a splash. Do you want to, do you want to share with us? I mean, I, that's one of your key differentiators, right? So share with us some of the things that you guys are, are learning and some of the things that you're coming up with here. Yeah. So it's, I think it's not just about a splash, but it's about, it's about real industry change and partnering with, with key organizations. So just give you a couple examples. So in our care delivery space, you know, most recently we partnered with a company, uh, Zimmer Biomet focused on machine learning and AI. So there's been a lot of focus on robotic surgery, smart implants, wearables, and the data that comes from all of those things. But really there hasn't been a focus on bringing all of the data together to create insights. So, so we, we tend to tell clinicians like, here's the thousand data points that we now have for you, go and make use of it but we really haven't distilled it down into something that they understand or can can use. So the purpose of, of partnerships like this with great companies like this is to really you know, change the way that the data is being um, portrayed, used, and create insights that clinicians can, can use in real time. So a surgeon who might be operating in another part of the country could understand exactly how intra-op procedure they could, they could sort of model similar behaviors as an HSS surgeon or or, uh, certain behaviors actually lead to better outcomes and better patient-reported outcome measure scores. Those are things that are really going to help, you know, down the line, but nobody's really answered those questions. So that's that's one kind of example with a large partner. Another with with a smaller partner is in the area of wearable technology. So we recently partnered with a company called Tesla Suit, and their focus is is around you know, it's a full body motion capture, haptic feedback suit. Mm. And anybody who knows about injury, you know, as you've, you know, when you have an injury, some of the biggest challenges in recovery is actually retraining your muscles and the behavior uh, change with that. And so we think there may be opportunity to kind of retrain muscles in this space as somebody's recovering from injury. So that, so partners like that are going to help us kind of change the game when it comes to that kind of work. And we're already working very you know, intently with them in our motion analysis lab, et cetera. So, so all those things are kind of examples of, of sort of how we're as in your words, making a splash, but also really trying to change the, the way that we treat patients in the long term. Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's, it's super interesting. Some of the technologies that are available, but it's just figuring out how to make use of them in a practical and scalable way. Sounds like you guys are doing that. And then on top of that, there's all this data, like we're in a data ocean. So what do we do with all of this data? And it sounds like you guys are putting in some major efforts to give surgeons actionable insights. Yep. Yeah. Surgeons, physical therapists, so on and so forth. And you're right. It's a data, data ocean data. It's no, no longer data lakes. It's data oceans. Oceans. Um, And we have a whole team that is sort of focused on, you know, developing insights from our critical data, because one of the cool things that we have is, is, uh, you know, we're an institution that's 150 plus years. And so you kind of get a lot of insights from the data over the course of that long trajectory. So we're building, you know, the, you know, I, I hate to use the word like AI and predictive models, but that's sort of the sort of the way that we're yeah. thinking about, you know, the next the, using our data and how we partner with others in the in the environment to kind of bring in relevant data and help them with predictive insights. I think that's fascinating. So, you know, we were actually, before we we kicked off the call, Jordan and I were just kind of reflecting on how we're back. Like, you know, COVID 
came, it's still around, but we've figured out how to manage it. And things are just kind of back to the flow of things starting, you know, as you reflect on what's happened and where we're at now, tell us about your, your biggest setback and maybe a key learning that came from that. Yeah. So probably so many setbacks, you know, hard, hard to cover any specific one, but I would say as we kind of move things forward, innovation constantly has setbacks. It's the the ability to overcome those. I think that's that's really critical. But just to make some for a tangible example, I mean, you know, inside the city, and there's a lot of people who comment on this, but inside the city during COVID, certainly we learned a lot about about our, our organization and its capabilities and the culture that kind of drives people. You know, we became you know, imagine a surgical hospital transforming into a med hospital, a med surge hospital, you know, and using a lot of the critical things that exist in other health systems, in our ORs, in our PACUs, in our, you know, inpatient floor to treat COVID patients. So the capability that we really had to kind of transform into um, during a a critical need point. And so like that was a huge challenge for us, but it also spawned a lot of innovation. So we saw a lot of people coming out of the woodwork on, you know, how can we actually think critically when we have resources that are limited? You know, I think that's when when innovation actually is the most creative. And people people came to us with different ways to treat patients, like, you know, different PPE options. And, you know, people had gone into their the garages to create like face masks and things like that. So just, you see a lot of innovation in those kind of critical times. And we learned a lot about the culture and the resiliency of the institution to kind of move things forward. So coming out of that, I mean, I think the world's world's our oyster in, in that capability and, you know, continue to continue to innovate with those, with those guys, you know, every day. Yeah. And, you know, Jordan, I feel like there's so many great things happened during the pandemic to, to help with some of the challenges and, and look, oftentimes it goes unrecognized and, and I want to recognize the efforts that, you know, you and, and HSS, the team over there did to flex, to help the community, to, to help during a really hard time. So just a quick pause to recognize you guys for that. And, and then, and it sounds like on the, on the tail end of that, just some, some really neat, innovative things happen that you've been able to translate. So, so since then, has the hospital resumed back to normal operations or did you retain some of the new things that you guys added on? Well, we're back to normal operations, whatever okay. normal means, but, but yeah. I would say, but I would say we're much more in my mind, we're much more resilient. And and by the way, I appreciate the comments, you know, for for the staff and the team at HSS, you know, it wasn't me treating the patients. And I think just watching that every day was, was incredible, but you know, we are back to, to full on patient volume. It's, it's a question of, did we learn anything? Yes. We learned, we learned a lot about ourselves. We learned about the institution. We learned a lot about how to navigate challenges and and innovate on the fly. And so I think those lessons not just us, but everybody, I think that's a critical need moving forward. So it was, it was inc- incredibly valuable. Good, good. No, I appreciate you sharing that. So as we think about healthcare trends and technologies, you guys are at the forefront of it. Anything you, that you feel is something that we need to keep our, our eye on? Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, I mentioned it before, like machine learning and AI, but I also think I'll mention a couple things. One, yeah. you know, genomics and, you know, the ability to look at specific solutions for individuals. So we've talked, you know, years and years and years 
you know, when I was in grad school, it was like personalized medicine, but, you know, really turning that into real care has been challenging. So I think we're finally at the, in a place where we can actually start doing that. We can tailor solutions to individual needs. So we've, um, we've just started doing that in our world where, you know, there's, there's a a number of things that we've created to kind of assess somebody's movement capabilities. We turned that into a, something called the, how you move lab, which is sort of this environment where you come in, you, you go through an assessment and then we sort of tell you, you know, where are the opportunities for you to get better in movement and, and then provide it into like a distilled report for you to use, you know, with a trainer or a physical therapist or anyone that you're working with. So being able to, you know, create actionable insights and really tailor it to you is really, really critical. The other thing, and this is, you know, some of the work that you know I do sell outside of HSS with an institution called, you know, Cost of Care, which is a nonprofit uh, NGO um, that I've been a part of for a number of years. You know, I think bringing those, bringing a lot of of value and affordability measures to the forefront to help institutions is super critical. And you know, it's it is innovative. Um, it's a different type of innovation. It uses a different part of my brain, but it is something we've learned a lot about over the past, you know, couple years and being able to, to distill tools for health systems to get really focused on affordability for patients is something that I think, you know, we're going to see a lot more of in the coming years. So that's just another, another piece from, from the outside. Yeah. Hey, I'm glad you I'm glad you went there, Jordan, because this cost of care thing continues to be a problem, obviously. And and so how we innovate there is critical because it means access. You know, the people that that need these procedures, the care the most oftentimes aren't getting it. So so um, I understand you guys have created some really great uh, research and papers on that. Can you I, I mean, I think this is a great chance for you to plug that because it would be beneficial to so many people. Yeah, I would lo- I'd love to plug it. And the work I think is is super f- meaningful and impactful to me, but we know from the work that we've done and, and some of the publications that we've done has been impactful f- for others. I don't think we have all the insights, but a couple of things for people to kind of check yeah. out. You know, first of all, Cost of Care, the organization has done a lot in the past around, you know, distilling insights from patients. So we, we used to do an essay contest where we'd have people write in and um, talk about different stories around affordability and costs that impact them. And then we awarded, you know, specific prizes um, to money, you know, to them for, for the winners. And that kind of really just, and we had like hundreds of people write in wow. and that kind of distilled a number of insights that led us to, to really focus on affordability issues. So cost is like, you know, I could tell you what something costs, but affordability is, is really something that, you know, everybody has a different level of capability mm-hmm. and need when it comes to services they're getting. The problem is we don't talk about it. Um, you know, clinicians are are not informed and they don't have the tools. It's not really their fault. They just don't have the tools to talk about costs and affordability issues. And so one of the things that we did was we we pulled a group together last fall around affordability, some experts from health systems, from nonprofits and patient organizations that was critical was bringing in real patients who are struggling with this to be part of the the iteration and the innovation and the development and you know we just recently distilled that down into a, a an article published in the new, new england journal of medicine catalyst 
and it basically focused on you know a number of different tools to improve patient out-of-pocket costs and trustworthiness in healthcare. Again, not a not a cure-all, but what we learned from the sessions that we that we did was that there's a number of things that health systems provider organizations can do right now, and we think it's going to be you know helpful in the competitive landscape if they do those things. So it's not like anti-competitive. It's actually like really great for patients because they're going to find like easy to use tools. And, you know, for example, like financial navigators have been in place for years, but we really have never created like financial pathways for patients. Like Mm. what does your, you know, we, we know what your care pathway is going to look like clinically, but we don't know from a financial standpoint, how does that pair? And lastly, it doesn't do anybody any good if if you're recommending and prescribing things that patients can't afford because they're not going to do it like long term they're just not going to do it so anyway that's that's out there that's something that that we published recently and and um, continue to curate those kind of insights yeah and Jordan is that available like can we all get access to that by yep, clicking 100%. on a link it, it or was, doing something yep it was published last year in May okay. it's called the affordability accelerator a roadmap to improve patient out-of-pocket costs and trustworthiness in healthcare. It's in the New England Journal of Medicine Catalyst and in their um, Innovations and in Care Delivery Journal. And we can cool. I can make sure you get that link. But yeah, it's available. Yeah. We'll we'll definitely include that in the in the show notes here, folks. So check that out. You don't want to miss out on on some some of those insights to help get access to give people access to the the procedures you do and. And overall, just help you in, in your competitive efforts uh, as a health system. So uh, just incredible work, Jordan. I can't thank you enough for being here with us. Why don't you leave us with a closing thought and the best place the listeners can connect with you, follow your work, and just, yeah, be in the know. Yeah. So uh, closing thought, I guess, you know, for me, gosh, there's so much, there's so much yet to do. And I think, you know, we... We love great partnerships. So working with you know companies from the outside of HSS and partnering with them to really change and improve care is is really critical. And I can't wait to you know continue to see all the the leaders on this podcast that that you interview, Sal, because I learn something every 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 time a new podcast come up, comes out. So I'm going to be learning from from you as well. Um, Thanks, man. So looking forward to that. And yeah, if anyone who wants to connect, you can find me on LinkedIn and you know, Twitter and all the other places, but would love to to work with anyone who is interested. Love it. Folks, Jordan Harmon with us again today. Just want to say thank you to Jordan for everything he's doing, all the insights he's shared. If something today resonated with you, take action. Cost of care won't fix itself. Innovation doesn't happen by itself. Partner with Jordan, do something. That's what we're here to do. So, so Jordan, can't thank you enough for joining us. Thanks, Sal. So.